Welcome back to your next stop. In this episode, I speak with Robert Kennedy III. Robert is a storytelling strategist, and it's very interesting and how he got into that space. You know that I love stories. You know that that is where my passion lies. So this is a great conversation. Robert it can be found on all the social medias at Robert Kennedy, the number three. You can also find him on his website. Kinetic Communication is his company. His website is kineticlearning.com, and that is spelled K-E-N-N-E-T-I-K, learning.com. We get into Robert's life, born in Jamaica, Traveled, uh, you know, moved to a couple different places, traveled around, landed in Massachusetts where he went to college, became a science teacher for uh, 10 years and uh, was in, in the high school level, and then started a, like two businesses as he was teaching. And then you will hear how he kind of pivoted, got out of what he was doing because it was not as much of a passion as he was falling into the storytelling strategy space that he mainly works with real estate um, companies. So you do not want to miss this. Again, welcome back to your next stop. I hope you enjoy this episode with Robert Kennedy III. Hi, it's Juliette Hahn, storytelling consultant and the host of five different podcasts. I have two more podcasts coming out. Uh, stay tuned for those. So what do I do in my consulting part of my business? I help small business owners shorten the buying cycle and increase sales by using key parts of your story. By leveraging your personal and business story, you can build relationships with potential customers on a deeper level and help them feel more connected to you, help you stand out in this noisy digital world. When you're doing that, this can lead to a shorter buying cycle and increased sales. So what makes me an expert? I have developed a strong intuition for understanding and reading people from a very, very early age. It is my superpower. I have perfected my skills over the last 20 years and it started in advertising and then I pivoted into interviewing, uh, podcasting and speaking. So what I really help you guys do is find those gold bits of your story and be able to help you connect the dots. I help you find those pieces that always should be brought up if you're doing podcasting, if you're doing social media posts, if you're networking, I find and help you connect those dots to those little gold bits that should always be brought up. I offer a 30-minute free discovery call. If this is something that you're interested in exploring a little bit more, please email me at info at IamJulietHahn.com. Hello, welcome back to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. You know, I say this every single time, but I'm so excited to bring you another person that has followed a passion and turned it into a business. Welcome, Robert Kennedy III. How are you? I am fantastic, Juliette. And listen, I'm, I'm a speaker. And when I get on stage, I like to make a little bit of an entrance sometimes. So if you could do me the honor, just say, ladies and gentlemen, introducing Robert Kennedy III. Go ahead. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Robert Kennedy the Third. I love it. <laughs> so we yeah. got some energy here. Oh, yeah, no, I, love let's that. Go. I know this is may just be on audio, but I like to bring some people in too. How about this? No, this is this is YouTube too. There we go. Come on, people. This is great. <laughs> I love I'll bring it. My tiger I love in. it. How about that? <laughs> no, this is on YouTube too, so this is perfect. We actually could we could have streamed live. We actually talked about right before streaming live. So no, I yeah. love that, and my listeners know 
I love energy. So just introducing you really quickly. You're a storytelling strategist. You speak mainly to real estate um, pros. We have a really fun, uh, interesting story that you're going to get into how you came up with kinetic communications, which is your business. You can find Robert on all the socials at Robert Kennedy, the third number three, um, which again, I love, you know, every time you search it up, you know, who of uh, the other Robert Kennedy that comes up. <laughs> and so there's been times where I'm like, wait, who am I talking to? Am I really talking? And then I'm like, oh no, I like this too. I love the storytelling. My listeners know how much I, you know, love and I'm passionate about storytelling. So Robert, if you can introduce yourself, uh, well, you just did, but a little bit about your background, <laughs> kind of where you grew up and, and then how, you know, you kind of established where you are. We'll get into that as well, but just a little bit about your background. Wow. I've got this like complex background, so I won't give you all of it. I'll just kind of give you the quick synopsis. I was born in the island of Jamaica. When I was about seven or eight, I moved to New York City. And then from New York City, we moved to Canada, Montreal, Canada, lived there for about a year and a half, then came back to New York, grew up there mainly, and then moved back to Canada for about another year and a half. We were in Oshawa, Toronto area this time. And then I, I went to school in Massachusetts after that. I uh, got married there. I became a teacher. So I was a science teacher for about 10 years, eight in the high school classroom and then two teaching online. After I did that, I started, well, actually while I was teaching, I started two businesses. My first business was a, a gospel music online promotions portal. And out of that, I started to build websites for some of the, for some of the independent artists that we that we connected with. And so I started a web development company with my brothers. Then after I left teaching, I moved into instructional design and e-learning. I have a master's degree in instructional technology. And so I started to build online courses for organizations. And that kind of morphed into some leadership training and communication training. And then after that, I started my company in communication and leadership training pretty much now really mostly in communication where we focus on the storytelling aspect. I love that. So one thing, so how long were you in Jamaica? I know you stated, so how long were you in? <laughs> well, I, in the lived there, I lived there until I was about seven and a half. Okay. Cause yeah. I always think it's fascinating when people like, you know, have warm climates and then yeah. they move to cold climates and then they go back to cold climates. <laughs> so, yeah. but you were kind of, you were young. So you maybe didn't get like, you know, the warm, you, you enjoyed the snow. So you enjoyed the Canada. That was kind of your, well, you no, know, I, I didn't. I'm not a cold weather person. I don't like cold. <laughs> I love heat. I would rather be in 80 degree weather hot in the summer. In the summertime, I still sleep with blankets or covers over me. Um, and my wife is like, you know, that's, that's weird, dude. Why, why are you covered up? She'd rather be a little bit cool. And I'm like, no, right. turn the fan off in the summertime. <laughs> I like right. heat. I, well, I love heat too. And that's why it always fascinates me because as I'm getting older too, I think I love heat a little bit more. You know, it's one of those things that, and they say it, it's so annoying. That's why there's so many, you know, older people in Florida. But <laughs> what made you go, <laughs> what made you, as a side, what made you go into teaching? Like, where did that come from? Oh my gosh. Well, so out of college, I was in the mental health industry uh, because I was working in the mental health industry during my senior year of college. I had a biology degree, a biology and history degree were what it was what I graduated with. And so as I was 
kind of getting burnt on that mental health industry. My mom's a teacher. My dad was a teacher at the time. They said, hey, why don't you try teaching? I said, okay, cool. Um, is it pay? <laughs> I said, not really. <laughs> but, but it was so, comfortable. Right. It was comfortable. You know, it was, it was a transition. And my parents thought based on some things that they'd seen me do prior to that, they were like, yeah, we think you'd make a great teacher. So I went in and I was teaching biology and physical science to freshmen for the first couple of years. And they added seniors and I was teaching physics after that. So um, I think it's a really good foundational tool for me, though, because I don't teach high school anymore, but I teach grownups now about communication and storytelling. So that teacher tool set is I, I believe it's a, a unique identifier, a unicorn for me in some ways. It really is. And you know, it's funny because, um, so my listeners know I'm dyslexic. So school, I did not like, I did not enjoy school, but I played sports and I was really successful in sports. So I did go to college and play two college sports. And I would never think of myself as a teacher. I had good teachers along the way. My mom's a teacher, but it, def it definitely was not something that I was like, Oh, I want to go into teaching because, you know, I just, it, it was kind of a sour, sore spot, I guess you can say. And I never really saw myself as a teacher. You know, it just never wasn't. But now it's really funny because that is what I do. I teach about storytelling as well as like yourself, because there's so many aspects. And one of the things that I think is really fascinating about you, about the brain, is that I obviously have a very right sided brain. My left side is is probably more where my dyslexia is like my science and math. I am not strong in English and history. I was, I was actually strong in, but because there were so many stories and that's how I learn. So if science and math were taught to me in a storytelling format, I probably actually wouldn't have struggled as much as I did. So I think it's fascinating that you really have used both sides of your brain where it's the science the teaching and then the creative where you went into the entrepreneur world. So where did you kind of that entrepreneur spirit come from? Where did you see that? How did that come about? So let me start with the the brain size. I think part of that is that I'm also a musician. And so I play <laughs> piano. So there's there's right. like as as a musician, there was also the composer side of me. I wrote music. My mom wanted me to do like all the classical stuff and I learned it. But I was, there was always a piece of me like, no, I want to play it by ear. I want to, I want to hear it. I want to feel it. I want to do the creative stuff with it. And so I did that. But then music, there's, if you think about it, music is also very logical and mathematical. It works by patterns, right? And so both sides of my brain kind of got massaged or exercised through learning music as I was growing up. So, you know, I don't know where the entrepreneurial thing came from. I mean, my, my dad, I'm a PK. My dad's a pastor and my mom was a teacher. My dad did some teaching, but he's a pastor. And so they had traditional jobs and growing up in the islands, um, you know, Caribbean parents, there, there are only a few jobs that are like acceptable. You go to college, you can become a doctor, you can become a teacher, you can become, you know, maybe a lawyer, kind of, sort of. But, you know, the, all, all the other stuff just didn't make sense. So I didn't, I didn't really have people directly in front of me that were like, okay, yeah, yeah, we are, we want to be own businesses and be entrepreneurs. But I always knew that when I was in some of these jobs that I had, it just, I wanted more. It didn't feel right I, to make decisions or to utilize the creative side of me. It took a long time for certain things to happen, to get approvals for this and get getting permission for that. And I was like, you know, screw that. I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to have to go through all of that. So how can I surpass some of that? And so I, I think that's 
maybe where some of the entrepreneurial bug is. Right. And also, I mean, creative, you know, when people are creative, sometimes, especially in the world where, you know, entrepreneurship, really, when we were, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I know when I was growing up, it was talked about. But as you said, it really was, here are your traditional things that your path, right? Even school. I mean, even today, I feel like they don't talk as much about entrepreneurship. It's still like, you take that test. Are you going to be a policeman? Are you going to be a teacher? Are you going to be a firefighter? I mean, my kids even came home, you know, a number of years ago and they were like, we took this test. And, and I was like, wait, they're still giving that test? That's a shame, but we're not going to go into that. Um, when you decided to leave teaching, what was the kind of the forefront of that? You know, I think there were several things. I mean, number one, I enjoyed teaching kids and my way of teaching physics and physical science. I mean, we had textbooks and a lot of the teachers were in the classroom, but I was like, no, dude, we got to get out. So I was the loud teacher. We were in the hallways. We were racing cars up and down the hallways and timing them. We were in the gym doing a bunch of stuff. We were cutting sharks bellies open on the on the field outside the school so um you know there was there was a creativity an activity inside of me that i wanted to be able to do that i felt in some ways was being stifled um i had to deal with administration on certain things and um you know parents on some things and there were kids that they really wanted to learn but then they were also being labeled and put in certain boxes and told they had to do things in a certain way and i'm like why and so the the length of time for that for any cultural change to take place was just it was it was draining it was draining for me so i was like okay what's next and then i told you as as i while i was teaching i started these two businesses and so i'm kind of like okay um this is interesting i i kind of like this stuff i like the the exercise of figuring out What's next? I don't know. And it's kind of dangerous Ooh, a little bit, and I, but I right. like figuring it out. <laughs> right. And, you know, and you just brought up a really good point is I think one of the reasons why I didn't want to be a teacher is because I knew all the red tape because my mother was in education and I knew that I would teach a different way because I needed to learn a different way. So I love that you were that teacher. Like I literally got so smiley because I was like, I would have learned in your class. Science wouldn't have been as difficult sitting and having to do, you know, the traditional way that not everyone learns. So I, I think it's so bold that you were like, you know what? I know I can teach at a different level. So when did the storytelling, like when did you feel like, okay, that is something I'm going to really kind of hone in on? Because you, as you said, you have so many talents, the music, you know, the, the teaching, the science, you know, the, the web development, all of those different things. When was it like, all right, this is really where I'm my, my next, you know, my next stop is. Yeah. So I think it was, it's probably in the last seven or eight years. So I, I was doing e-learning or course development at the time. And I was being asked to teach corporations this technical tool, this software to build their training. And ultimately I realized, wait a minute, I'm not just taking this tool and teaching them how to build training. There's a framework that I'm teaching them. There's a way to communicate and connect with people that I'm teaching them. And I'm really teaching them communication. So what are the pieces? of that. How do you ultimately connect with people? And then how do you repeat that behavior using different topics? And so as I began to dive deeper and find out a little bit more about communication, I was, you're doing the work sometimes and you, you get mentors and you, you do research. And I found that storytelling was something that just started to really catch my attention and really appeal to me because it was like, wait a minute. They're really just these four elements of communication, context, characters, conflict, and conclusion. 
<laughs> right? And so how do we use that in order to build your, your communication? Because typically in the corporate world, I was doing a lot of teaching in the corporate space and there was just facts and data and information. And they were starting to wonder, okay, we got this data and this information. Why is nobody taking the courses? Why is nobody doing this? Why and why why do we have them take the courses? And then after that, we still have the same problems. And I'm and I'm like, well, the reason is that what you're doing is you're teaching information, not transformation. <laughs> so how how do you transform people? How do you move people from one space to the next? You've got to connect to an emotional emotion. Uh, you got to connect to the emotion. There is something that people are challenged with, something that they want, something that they're experiencing something that they don't want to experience, right? Anytime we hear something, our brain literally flips through its mental Rolodex of experiences for is looking for connection, right? So um, how do how do we leverage that? One of the best ways to, to leverage that is to lean into that, that emotion, to lean into the connection. Um, and you best do that by comparing comparative experiences. And that's the conflict. And that's one of the reasons why when we talk about storytelling or we talk about creating videos, what's the hook? What's that emotional thing that people are like, oh, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. I like that. I didn't like that. Ooh, that makes me mad, right? So what, what is that thing that, that connects with their, their emotions that you can use to now bring them into a journey or help them to understand that you understand the journey that they've been on. Right. And I think that's so important because it is, it's, it's, it's all about the connection and everything in life. Um, so just to give, and my listeners know about this, but when I realized that communication was actually a, a skill of mine, you know, was back when I was in third grade, my entire class went to gifted and talented, except myself and another boy, we had to go read the blue dolphin. We had to go to special reading. And I remember that feeling, but I remember from that day that when I spoke to my teachers when I talked to them, when I had a conversation, when I told stories, they listened and treated me different than when I had to do the written work. So when I was, you know, that little kid, I realized, wait, I'm good at this. I'm not as good as this. And this doesn't feel as good, but this feels really good. So I'm going to try to lead life with doing that. And I think what you're doing is, is reminding people of that, right? I mean, what I'm doing too is reminding people of those parts of our stories that maybe didn't feel great. Like I, you know, I didn't love kind of going back and remembering, oh, I remember that feeling in third grade. That felt like crap, right? My mom diffused it. I had, was really fortunate that I had a mom that was able to diffuse it and tell me a story that I was like, oh, great. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm not doing it X, Y, and Z, but you just, you know, the connection part is what's so important and, you know, challenging people to really think about that, you know, and thinking about what I always talk about. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this is the feelings. Like sometimes we have memories that are visual and then sometimes we have memories that are feelings. And sometimes people don't dive into those memories that are the feelings because they're like, whoa, I don't either. I, I feel okay. There's something going on, but I remember third grade. I don't remember details, but I get this feeling every time I go back there. And a lot of times people will push that away because it's like, I don't know where that's going to go, but I think it's so important to dive into it just to, to find, you know, figure out why is it. And then really a lot of times that part is something that's going to connect deeper with an audience because it was something that was significant in your life. And then when you really uncover it, you start talking about it, you start getting excited about it or emotional about it. But that whatever emotion, whatever excitement, whatever feeling you're going to have is going to connect deeper with the people you're talking with. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think inside of that, there is, it's not 
necessarily just starting with the emotion itself or the feeling. It's really about reverse engineering some of this. It's, it's about what is the result that you're after. So you've got this challenge that you have currently, and then you're trying to get to this result, but there's something that's blocking you from achieving that result. And so that's kind of where the, the diving in comes in. And a lot of people are either afraid to go there or don't know that they should go there because they're not clear on the result that they want. Right. And so when we think about our businesses, when we think about, um, you know, even our relationships, our lives, you know, where, where do we want to get to? What, what does our desired life or our desired state look like? Okay. Cool. Once I have clarity on that, now I can kind of go backwards a little bit and say, okay, I don't have this or I'm not here yet because of this. These are the things that, that are blocking me. These are the obstacles. These are the things that I need to navigate somehow. Why am I having trouble navigating these obstacles? Oh, there's obstacles. Oh, okay. It, it was this moment, this feeling. I don't know all the details of it, but I know that I feel this way about it. Okay. What do I need to do about that? <laughs> all right. What are the steps that I need to take now? To, to, to navigate that. And so, you know, that's, I'm, I say it, but it's not necessarily easy work all the time because when you start to peel back the layers of the onion here, um, it can be, it, it can be shattering for some people. I mean, you, you're already broken and you kind of have figured out some ways to deal with it or, or stuff it deep down inside this box. And now here we are, you know, ripping off the scab and bringing up all this stuff again that you work so hard to push away. But it's that thing. It's really that thing that is your launch pad. And a lot of times I share with people that you may not feel like you're important or you may not feel like you are useful to the world. But for some reason, somebody else is looking. Somebody else is looking at you and they're like, oh, my gosh, Robert's got this great life. Oh, my gosh, Juliet's got this great life. Um, and I know they've been through some stuff. How, how did they navigate that? And they want to know how you did it. And that's where our story is so, so, so important. And it's, it's important for us to be vulnerable on some level to, to be able to help others transform and navigate their own space. So I love what you just brought up because I think it's so important. Um, because you're right. People don't realize why they need to go back and it, and, and the uncomfortable is, but what I say is everyone has a story. It doesn't matter if you're the janitor, whether you're the president, everyone has parts of them that they can share and they can learn. So when did you decide that you wanted to kind of focus on the real estate? Like, so you were teaching, you were building these companies and then, you know, and then real estate, where did that come in? So, you know, my life is not this thing where I sit down and say, hmm, let me calculate all of the places that I can go. It's really just a series of things. So we'd had my 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 daughter, my first child. This was back in 2003. And uh, she my wife stayed home after having our daughter. And so one day, you know, I'm teaching. I come home from school and she's in bed with my daughter in the same place that I had left them that morning, <laughs> like eight hours earlier. And I was like, hey, babe, how you doing? And she just kind of looked at me and she's like, oh, my gosh, babe, I've been here in the same place outside of feeding, the, you know, the baby. I haven't done anything. And I just totally feel so unproductive. And she says, you know what? I think I want to go back to work. I'm like, OK, cool. You know, that's that's that's. You know, we're a team. We work it. Right. So I said, but, you know, we're still kind of young and we don't really have money to pay for babysitting or daycare. 
And so what are we going to do? And so we ultimately decided I, I was going to go back to school and she was going to go back to work. Um, but we still needed money, some money. So I said, Hmm, let me check out this real estate thing. And I, you know, I heard that you could be a real estate agent. So I did my license or did the pre-licensing stuff and I became a real estate agent in Massachusetts. And so my daughter, my, my one, one and a half, two year old daughter would come to check houses and do listing appointments with me. And it was hilarious because people thought that she was my sidekick. And I think I sold some houses just because they were like, Oh my gosh, she's so cute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. so I came, to, we moved from Massachusetts to Maryland, um, several years later and I didn't get my license again. But last year, I said about a year and a half ago, I said, you know what? I think it would be cool to get my license again because I want to speak to people in this real estate industry, but I also want to speak from a place of of knowledge um, and not just uh, somebody who's out an outsider. So I got my license again, and um, after a little bit, I said, you know what? I don't want to teach corporate and then come home. Let me just teach the storytelling and communication stuff in the real estate space. And so we just said, boom, let's smash everything together. And just, yeah, that's, so that's the story. No, I love it. And you know what? Um, so my dad was in real estate for his whole life. And so I, I find it so, because it is really important for realtors to know that connection. It's not just about the house. It's really to talk about them and you know, who they are because they need to connect with the people that they're selling, you know, or, or they're getting the listing. And so you think of a real estate agent, most of them have personalities, you know, like their, their personalities. I know in, in the world growing up with my dad, any of his friends, you know, I was like, wow, oh, there's a lot of, lot of personality. And sometimes people don't, again, they don't realize that importance of being able to connect deeper and bring their business to that next kind of level is when they bring themselves in and bringing their personal story in with their business story is just going to connect with that person that they're trying to, you know, sell the house to or get the listing from. So when you, I think it's really smart that you just also decided to go get back to go get your real estate degree because it was like, now I'm also one of you, right? It's not that I'm just coming in and, and talking about what I've learned and all my experiences, but I'm talking to you as a realtor, as someone. And so what does that look like? So if someone's listening to this right now and like, okay, I want to work with Robert, but I don't completely like, you know, can, can they get a seminar? Can they do one-on-one -on -one coaching? Let us know a little bit more about that. So we don't really do much one-on-one. -on -one. It's really more seminars and workshops with brokerages and associations. Um, we do have though, I, I do challenges where we then introduce people to memberships and uh, group coaching cohorts. So we've got this thing called the video storytelling challenge. You can go to videostorytellingchallenge.com. Uh, we did it in uh, February and March, and we're running another one in April April 2023, April 18th through 20th, we're doing a three-day challenge. So the idea there is to really help people uh, real, realize how you can utilize storytelling to help you appear more confident on video, connect with your clients, and ultimately attract leads so that you don't have to do the old school marketing of sending out postcards and all this stuff that's just kind of flat and not dynamic. People are inundated with information. And so the more that you can create connection and authenticity with them. They can see a personality. Then they, then they can say, ah, okay, not only is this person answering my questions, but I kind of like them and they're kind of quirky. I think they're kind of cool. We, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? So, <laughs> so that, that's really, um, what we do. So yeah, corporate, um, speaking associations and, um, brokerages and then 
on the individual agent side, you can enter one of our challenges and, uh, and get into one of our video storytelling cohorts from there. Oh, that's great. And where do they find that? So is that all on the website? So they can go to two places. Uh, you can go to get in touch with rk3.com. That's my page where all of our stuff is. And um, if you're interested in just the challenge itself, you can go to video storytelling challenge.com. That's great. And again, you can find Robert. Uh, Basically, LinkedIn is your, your, your friend, right? I mean, you're on LinkedIn, but you're also really on any of the, the platforms, the social media. I mean, you're doing so many different things, um, out there helping, but you're also present. So people are not going to have a hard time finding you and learning more about what you, you know, what you're doing. What I always think it's, it's really interesting is, um, if someone is in a space in their life where they need to pivot, just like, you know, you brought us back to your wife, you really, told that. I mean, obviously you're very good at telling stories, but it really brought, especially someone like myself that has kids. I remember I chose to stay home. I wanted to stay home. There's times in that, you know, early time, you know, early growing of a baby that are really lonely and it is not for everyone. And it's really important for people to have that support. So for the fact that you were like, you know what? I got you. We're going to do this. We're going to do this together. And she was able to kind of go and pivot her career and you were able to pivot yours. I think people need to think about those things because sometimes people are stuck. They don't know what to do. They don't know, okay, it's scary to go to this next, you know, really this next place, but it's important for relationships. It's important for that next thing. And sometimes that next thing is what you're meant to do. So really that next thing, you know, you being like, yep, I support you. We got you. And doing that real estate really pivoted you into where you are now. If you can talk a little bit to you know the listeners about if they're feeling like they're in a spot that's like eh, I don't know what to do. Just if you have any tips that you know you kind of found <laughs> that worked I, for I, you, I would love to say something super deep and profound right here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> but my 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 two words are do something. That that's yeah. that's really what it comes down to. I mean, I would mm -hmm. love to sit here and say, yeah, you know, I had this plan. Me and my wife, we sat down, we put it on paper and it all made sense. It was logical and reasonable. And we just and and, and I was like, no, there's it's, a scientist. Okay. Yes. Right. So, I mean, there, a lot of times in, in entrepreneurship, I have no idea what's next. No idea what's next. And people are like, oh, you've got this 10 year plan. No, I don't. I, I've got some things that I want to do. I, I have these, these dreams or these ideas that are kind of uh, cloudy. And I'm saying, okay, in order for them to get less cloudy, in order for me to gain clarity, it's like um, when, when you're driving and you see things in the distance, right? If you stay where you are, they never get clearer. So I've got to start moving towards that thing that I see. And sometimes when you start getting closer to it, you're like, oh my gosh, no, that's not what I want. <laughs> Let me make a right turn. <laughs> right. But now you've got data, you've got information, at least, you know, right. So we've, you got to do something. You got to step in some way. Steve Harvey likes to, to use the term. You got to jump. Yeah. But no, I mean, even though you said you weren't going to say anything profound, that did get profound in there. <laughs> you really did, <laughs> Because it's so true. The fact that if you're doing, if you're not taking any steps, if you're not going anywhere, you're not talking to people. That's what I always say. I find I, I daydream. Some people call it meditation. I daydream. I, I walk my dogs is my place that I can kind of dream big. And I'll think like, where do I want my life to look in five years? What do I want to be doing? What's filling me up? What excites me? And I really let my mind kind of wander. And I think sometimes people don't allow themselves to do that because they're scared, right? The fear, like, well, what if I fail at this? What if I'm not good at this? What if I, I don't, I can't dream like, you know, there's so many different things, but 
as you said, just taking that step, being more aware of your surroundings, thinking about things that kind of light you up, look into those. I, you know, some people sometimes don't realize the things that they love to do, they actually can do more of it and become successful at doing it. It can actually be like a, a hobby that turns into a business. And so I think, you know, what you just said, even though you said it wasn't profound, I think it really was <laughs> because it's, it's true. It's, it's really yeah. what you have to do. You have to do something. You can't just stay and be stuck in that in that spot. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Robert, I know that we have a hard stop at noon. And so I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go, but this was great because there's so many different things. I love having different guests that have different parts of their story. One of the things that I was excited when you said, you you know, you were like, we have to go at noon. I'm like, but you're going to know how to literally talk about your story. You're going to know the parts that are important to bring in. This is what I teach my clients all the time. You could have this long, crazy life and you don't know the parts that, okay, I'm just going to bring this part in, this part in, this part in, tie it together, and then wrap it all together. And that's what the beauty of communication and storytelling is because people got to see a window of who you are. They realized, okay, you had this kind of upbringing. You were a teacher. You went into that safe spot and then you went and you jumped and then you jumped again and then you jumped again. So thank you so much for joining your next stop. I really appreciate it. Fantastic. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Juliet. It's been fantastic to hang out with you. Yes, you too. Guys, you know what to do. Like, rate, review, and share. You might be listening to this episode and saying, oh, that's a really great story, but you do not know who in your life needs to hear this. You might have a neighbor, a friend, an aunt, uncle, cousin, someone in your life that is really stuck right now and they don't know where to go. And this episode is going to make them get up and do something. So we will see you for a next episode of your next stop and hope you guys have a great day. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 